0: section, final section of Proverbs, which is the wife of noble character. And so here's what we're going to look at today. Let me, first of all, we're going to look at this passage together. This, everybody's familiar with Proverbs 31. Mostly you ladies are. Men don't seem to pay attention to this passage very much. Although here's what I would say to you men, you do need to pay attention to This passage. Because the implications of this passage are something that you need to be aware of. You say, well, I'm already married. Well, that's not the issue, but you maybe have sons or grandsons who are not married. And so there are some, we're talking about a character of a woman. So let me just go ahead and say this. What we're looking at here is not a how to be a woman, but the development of a character of a woman. We're going to look at the character of this woman. And these are some, this is some great information that you need to be aware of, because actually what you're going to look at in this passage today is totally contrary to what our culture says concerning women. So when you look at this passage, especially towards the end as he summarizes what he has gone through, you're going to see that this is the antithesis of what our culture communicates a woman should be. So, here's what we're going to do. So, let's look at some introductory material, first of all. So, let's first of all talk about the impact of the poem, because it is a poem. Let me just go ahead and say this. This is a poem. All right? This is a poem. Now, here's the impact of it, and it has had a negative impact. Now, I had a discussion with my wife about this earlier, and we came to a disagreement about this, but I, I still hold to my view, and... Here's my point. It has been a source of defeat for many women. Now you say, how could this poem be a source of defeat? Well, let me explain this to you. I, I thought a little bit more about it, and, and here's here's what has happened. A lot of times, because of our nature as human beings, especially in our Western culture and our Western American mindset, you and I like to follow steps. So, for instance, if I'm going to be a Boy Scout, I'm going to be an Eagle Scout, I know that I've got to, go through all of, got to earn this certain amount of merit badges, I've got to go through this many ranks, I've got to have this special project, and then I get my Eagle Scout. That's how we're geared, is you know how to achieve to a certain level. We're achievement-oriented. So what happens is a lot of ladies, when they look at this passage, and it may not be, and none of you maybe are not here, but I have met folks like this, what they will do is, is they will look at this poem and say that I need to be everything that, do everything that this woman is doing. Here's the problem. You can't. You can't. And nor was this poem given so that you could do everything that she's doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to explain why in a moment. Because of what kind of poetry this is. Because here's the fact, I'm going to be honest with you. Just to help you a little bit, most scholars don't necessarily believe that this is an actual woman. Does everybody understand me? Some, if not most, scholars believe that this is poetic literature. Because remember, what are Proverbs in the first place? Proverbs are general what? Statements of wisdom that are general, they're not specific. So, like, for instance, when you see promises in Proverbs, you can't take them as specific. They're just general statements. So, this is a general statement of a woman of noble character. And so, we've got to remember what the issue is. The issue isn't that you act like her. Okay? Is everybody listening to me? Ladies, listen to me. The issue isn't that you act like her. The issue is is that you develop a character like her. Does everybody understand me? We're talking about character, not actions. You want, maybe you want to write that down in your margins there. When we look at this woman, we're talking about character, not actions. And what defeats folks is when they think that they have to do what? The actions. Because can everybody do everything perfect? No, you can't. So the impact of it, there has been for some, it has been a source of defeat. Now, here's some general information. Okay, again, remember the nature of Proverbs in general. Remember that they are general, generalized statements of wisdom. They are generalized statements of wisdom. So, you've got to remember the nature of Proverbs in general. See, there's an overall issue with this, more so than focusing specifically on every little thing that she does, and we'll come to the summarizing statement later on to help you to understand what we're talking about. So you've got to remember the nature of Proverbs in general. The other thing I want you to realize is this. Remember the social economic condition of this woman. What you're going to see here with this woman is this woman comes from a different economic background than most of you here. So, for instance, how many of you have servants? Raise your hand. I'm not not asking if you're wishing you had servants. And I'm not saying your children are your servants either. But, okay, so what you're going to see is this woman has orders her house and she has gives instructions to her servants. See, this is what I want you to understand. This woman comes from a different social economic background than you. So, you just can't take what she's doing and equate it to your situation... Because that's not necessarily true. However, let me just stop for a moment. We're not looking at actions either. We're looking at principles. We're not looking at our actions. We're looking at principles. So we're not focusing on actions. We're looking at character. We're also not focusing on the actions. We're looking at principles here. And that's what we're going to focus on here. Now, here's the other aspect. Here's the general thing I want you to see about this poem. The poem is heroic literature by nature. Heroic literature by nature. Does anybody understand what I I mean by that? That's an honest answer, no. How many of you are like Tom? You'd say, I have no clue what you're talking about, George. Well, let me give you a modern day illustration that everybody can understand. How many of you love to watch John Wayne movies? Raise your hand. Now, John Wayne is a heroic character. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? What you need to understand is is that that's not necessarily a realistic character. It's not necessarily a realistic character. It's a visual representation of an artistic thought of a heroic character who's able to do what? Amazing things. And that's why you like to watch John Wayne, because he's portraying different characteristics of his character that on TV you like to watch. You know, you like to watch him. Now, maybe you don't know the real person, Marion, was his name, who was John Wayne, hated horses. How many of you knew that? How many of you know that John Wayne didn't really like horses? How many of you knew that John Wayne never served in the military? How many of you knew that when John Wayne, during World War II, kept out of the military to focus on his movie career? See, he was portraying a heroic character because he oftentimes resented the fact that everybody kind of made him into something. Well, that was who he was on TV. We can't separate the two. Now, here's what I want you to see. This is heroic poetry. What's being portrayed in this poetry is a woman and all of the wonderful characteristics about this woman. Because does this poem tell you anything negative about her? Anybody who's read it, does this poem tell you anything negative about the woman? It's all what? She's almost what? Perfect. Is there such a thing? I heard the men really say no loud. Yeah, that's true. That, that may be true. And that's because some guys, maybe they've watched other guys. We're a product of our experiences. Okay. Yeah, but that's the difference between you as a male and they as a female. Because here's the thing. Let me just go ahead and I'll, I'll make a statement here that many of the women here will agree with. Women today in our culture—I no, no, I don't think I need to be careful because I'm going to say something. <laughs> I'm going to say something. They're enslaved. Men, listen to me. They're enslaved to our culture and what our culture purveys as a woman. Listen to me, husbands, because they see us look at other women. Or they see you looking at those billboards, at these airbrushed women. Let me just go ahead and say they're airbrushed. I was. At, how many of you have listening to Focus on a Family this week? And they were, I just caught part of it and they were talking to a lady who, who was a, an actress or something. And she talked about being in a room where an, an artist was doing, taking care of a picture of Cindy Crawford. How many of you know who Cindy Crawford is? She's the model. And they were talking about her, that the artist was airbrushing off about two inches off of her legs. To make her look good. Now, how many of you could just go to an artist and have two inches taken off your legs? Nobody. Here's what I'm saying. Women think differently than you men do. And they watch what we look at, and then they are enslaved to that. Because they have this perception, not because we said it, but by our own actions of what our expectations are. And so they become enslaved by that. And they become defeated by that because they know that they will never be what? Some anorexic chick on a, on a billboard. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you ladies resonate with what I'm saying? Yeah, do you, maybe that's you men or we need to wake up to that. It took me a long time to wake up to that. But that has a negative effect on our ladies. And so they think differently than us, Bruce. You know, we, we can't comprehend that. But that does affect our ladies. So when they look at this, is what I'm saying. I wanted to release you from the defeat. I said this. Because when you look at this woman in, this verse, in these verses, you're only going to see positive traits of her character. Everybody understand me? It does not list negative traits. So it doesn't say that her husband leaves her alone in the morning because she's not a morning person. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Anybody read that in that passage? Doesn't say that. Yeah, because there are... Surely this woman had something negative, right? So here's what I'm saying. It's heroic poetry by nature. And so it's heroic literature. So I just want you to understand that. So all you're going to see is positive things. Now, why then does it give us this... Because what it's going to tell you is, and this is why I'm saying, don't focus on her actions per se, look at her character. The issue is the development of character in this passage. You understand what I'm saying? The issue is the development of your character. Can I be honest with you? That's more important with God than anything is your character, not your actions. I say, well, man, you mean I can do it? No, because if your character's right, right actions come out of your character. The issue is your character. So let's go on and look now at the poem. Look at verse 10 through 12. We'll get right into it. And notice this is a praise. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies, and the heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. So let's look at a couple things here. First of all, the question. Here's the point. The wife of noble character is not easily found and a treasure. So, a wife of noble character is not easily found and a treasure. So, here's the point. The writer here is probably King Lemuel who is writing this. Lemuel is telling us that you and I need to be aware that a woman of character is not easily found. Now, that needs to be communicated to our young people. That needs to be communicated to our young men that, you know, there are a lot of girls out there. But there are very, very few virtuous girls out there. Girls of character. You know, and if you find one, what does it say about it if you find one? It's a treasure. Man, you've got Fort Knox in your house. You know, so, because look at what he says. This is a woman that he can trust. And he lacks, you know, he lacks no gain because of her. So then notice, again, so that brings me to the next point. The reaction of the husband. The husband has full confidence in her abilities and actions. So, let me just stop for a moment. What is it that causes her husband to have this kind of feelings about her? It's not her actions necessarily, but her what? Character. So again, again, the issue is the character of the person. The character of the person. Alright? The character. So then, now we're going to go into what her actions are. We're going to look at her pursuits at home then her financial pursuits. We're going to look at how she takes care of her family and the poor. We're going to look and see how she is in public. So let's look at those different areas. So look with me at verse 13 through 15 and we'll talk about how she is at home. Here's what I want you to see. Oh, let me re- read verse 12. I should have read verse 12 as well. She does in good and not evil all the days of her life. Okay, that's with reflection to how she handles her husband. Now look at verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. Okay, so here's what I want you to see now. First of all, the picture is of a large, wealthy household that requires supervision. So what we're going to see here in these verses, this is why I'm saying to you, you've got to remember the context of what we're reading. Because here, let me give you a statement that I heard many times in theological training. If you take the text out of the context, you're left with a what? Con. So we don't want to be conned here about this woman. So the context is a woman who is from a wealthy household who has what? Maidservants. She has maidservants, so she's supervising this household. But here's what I want you to see is, and this is a wonderful thing, and guys, I've got a comment for you after I I show this. A a noble wife takes responsibility for the provision of her household. A noble wife takes responsibility for the provision of her household. Have you noticed that your wives are bent that way, guys? That they're, they're always concerned about making sure there's enough money, and they're always making sure They've been wired that way by God. That there's enough, everything's taken care of, kids have clothes, food. Do you guys think about that stuff? Most of us don't. Most of us don't. Now, here's what I want you to see is, the reason why is because God has wired a woman that way. So, for instance, men, how many of you love shopping? Raise your hand. Okay, for for guns. Okay, all right, right, forget grises for a moment, but... How many of you love to just go, go, to, go to Walmart and just hang out? No. But how many of you ladies love shopping? A lot of ladies love shopping. Why? Because it's wired in you. And listen, have you ever noticed what excites a woman more than anything is when she's able to get a deal. When she saves money. You When she saves money. Why? Because... That comes out of her character. That's her bent. So this woman makes provision for her household, you know, and and, and she's saving money. She's doing what it takes to, to take care of the family. That's her bent. That's what she's focused on is taking care of. Now, let me just stop for a moment. So if you have a woman who isn't concerned about her household, what does that tell you? What does that tell you about the character of a woman who couldn't care less about any of that? All she's focused on is herself. What does that tell you? Come on, what does that tell you? Self-centered? Is that a good woman? No. No, so what you're seeing here is the character of the woman, she's concerned for those that she has responsibility over. The character is that she's concerned for those that she has responsibility over. So then notice something. Look again, verse 16 through 18. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. Here's what I want you to see about this woman. The noble wife is shrewd as she makes investments with her earnings. Here's a general statement. Here's somebody who is not just concerned about making sure that her provisions are there for for her family, that her family is taken care of. She's also going to make sure that they have financial security in the home you understand? She's also going to make sure that they have financial security. So let me just stop for a moment. This is a general statement. Why do I have to make that point? Because we know, statistics show us, that when it comes to the issue of spending, people with spending problems aren't always male. You can have ladies who have a spending problem as well. So again, this is a general statement. This woman and her character is not just going to be concerned for the provision of her household. She's going to make sure that she's investing what she has well so that it brings a return back to the home. So here's what she does. This woman, again, so I want you to recognize this is a different socioeconomic class than we are. She goes out and she can buy a field. She plants a vineyard. Now why would she plant a vineyard? Well, She's either planting grapes or she's planting olive trees because from that she's going to get the pro- produce of grapes or olive oil and so forth. All of which that she could sell later and then what? Bring into her home. Now, I want you to share something about this woman The verse 18 says is that her lamp is, that, is lit at night. Why? Because she's industrious. That's the whole point I want you to see there is she's industrious. She's, she's up late working, caring for her family. Okay? She's up late caring for her family. So then I want you to notice now her provision for the family as well as for the poor. Look with me now at verse 19 through 22. 19 through 22. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, yet she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, For her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself, and her clothing is fine linen and purple. So here's what I want you to see here. Number one, she works hard to provide clothing. Now, again, this passage is not meant for you to take literal, so I don't expect to see all of you folks going and buying a weaving loom so that you can weave your own cloth. And then sew your own cloth. Now, some of you ladies are geared towards sewing here. Some of you don't care to do that. You live in a culture today where you simply just need to go to Pennies or Walmart or wherever and buy your clothes. But she's concerned about making sure that her family has what? Clothing. So here's the point I want you to see. Not only is she concerned for her family, she also provides for the needs of the poor in her area. She also is concerned about the needs of the poor. In her area. So she's concerned about those who are less fortunate around her. She's concerned about those who are less fortunate around her. And then notice something. This is a woman who is thinking ahead. Why? Notice what she does. She is well prepared for the future. She's not short-sighted. She's just not living for now. She's thinking ahead towards the future. That's her character. She's not just living for now. And tomorrow we'll worry about tomorrow. She's thinking ahead for the future. What are we going to do for the future? That's her character. Now let's look at her public life. This is how she is out in public. So look with me, verse 23 through verse 24. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Here's a couple things I want you to see. Her reputation enhances her husband's stature in the community. Now, let me just say this. Don't gloss over this one. Men will resonate with what I'm about to say. Ladies, you may not, you may just go over your head, but I want you to hear what men. Men will tell you, if if they're honest with you, they will tell you that whenever they get together, whether it's at the workplace or whatever, that they'll they'll talk about, oh, there's poor Joe. Oh, have you seen who poor Joe's married to? And what they do is they'll talk about the poor character of Joe's wife. Let's call her Cindy Q. Okay. Oh, Cindy Q, she just spends his money. She's just focused on herself. And I'll be honest with you, It's not a, poor Joe is not looked upon very nicely in the community of others, men around him, because of who he decided to marry. Is that not true, guys? Have you not seen that? Where, where men will make judgments of other men because of who they marry. Now, when you look at this woman, she is, has such a noble character that when people talk about him... Oh, I'll give you an example. I was at Liberty. And I got a great wife. I was at Liberty. I'll share this story because it's a reflection of me and her. All right. And I'm on my desktop of my laptop. I got a picture of Lori. And this guy comes by, a friend of mine comes by and says, oh, is that your wife? I said, she sure, that sure is. She's a great woman. He said, yeah, I can tell. You sure did marry up. See, that's that's what Proverbs is talking about here. I told you it's more a reflection of me. Okay, I don't mind sharing that because I did. I married good. Okay? See, what I want you to understand is, ladies, listen to me. You need to ask God to mold your character so that when people talk about, there's old Joe, they say, man, that's Cindy Q. Boy, she's a great gal. Because that reflects back on The husband. Let me just go ahead and say this. Your actions as a wife will always reflect on your husband. Period. In the community. Always. Listen to me. Always reflects back on your husband. The reverse is true too. Who you marry, ladies, will reflect back on you too. But, But the point is, as I want you to see here, she has such a character that she enhances her husband's Stature in the community. Let's go on here. The woman's industry finds expression in business. She also expresses herself in business. Okay, so now let's look at wisdom and prosperity. We're going to look at verse 25 through 27. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. Kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, her character. Here's her character. She's a woman of strength and honor and looks at the future with confidence. This is the kind of woman she is. She's a woman of strength and honor. She's a woman of strength and honor. Listen, as you say, "How how can I take this passage and apply it to my life, George? Here's what you need to do. You need to ask God to help you to become a woman of what? Strength and honor. Because only God can allow you to become that. Allow you to become a woman of strength and honor. Here's her wisdom. She uses wisdom in her discussions and her instruction is reliable. So this is a woman of Proverbs. Because what have we just spent the other 42 lessons talking about? Wisdom. More than 10 months now we've been in this study Talking about wisdom. So, she uses wisdom and her instructions are reliable. You can count on it when you go to her that she's got something to share. She's got wisdom to share. And then notice her leadership. She watches over the affairs of her household. Okay? She watches over the affairs of her household. So then I want you to notice how folks respond to this kind of woman. How do, how do folks respond to this kind of woman who has character? A woman who has character here. Look with me now at verse 28 and 29. First of all, 28 says this, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you exceed them all. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, the reaction of her family. She inspires praise from her family. Because of the character of the woman, not so much her actions, the actions come out of her character. So again, because of her character, her family praise her. Her husband says, man, I am blessed. So, that's what you see there. She inspires praise from her family. And Number two, they see her as surpassing all other women. They see her as surpassing all other women. And she is. She does surpass them. Now, here's the problem, though, because we live in a culture, a culture, when you look at a woman today, the culture communicates, is, is the culture concerned about character? What's the culture concerned about? Looks. Looks. I mean, think about it. Some of the movie stars you see, I mean, some of them are 60 years old. And they look like they haven't changed. That ain't real. It's called surgery. Surgery. And after a while, you know, they're stretching it so much, I mean, my goodness, you know they could probably break, all because of the culture. Think about the trap that those folks are in. It's a trap. And they're supplying a whole industry now. Plastic surgery. For what purpose to reflect the culture? Now, why am I saying that? Because what we're going to see in these last two verses is what we should be focusing on. So, ladies, this is what you need to be focusing on. And then, men, this is what you need to be focusing on. And this is what you need to be grooming your young men to be focusing on. Because this is more important than anything else. And here's the point I want you to see. Look at me. Verse 30 and 31. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Here's the point I want you to see. First of all, beauty and charm will not last, whereas a godly character will. How many of you still look like you did 20 years ago? I know a lot of you wish you looked like you did 20 years ago. But that's not real. Listen, gravity takes over. Do you understand what I'm saying? Gravity takes over. Your body parts wear out. Do you understand? Your body parts wear out. And so here's our culture. We're focused on beauty and charm. But remember when I said last week, I kind of made this statement that the grass is always greener over a septic tank. And You know, we need to, listen to me, moms and dads, listen to me. You need to teach your young men to not just focus on the external. Because the external can disappear quickly. And if that, and see, this is what happens. When you enter into a marriage focused on the external, after about three years, you get kind of tired of the external, and so you've got to look for something else. And a lot of them do. You've got to focus on the internal because what's more important is the character. Because Let me give you an example. This is a story I read in uh, a book by the, an ex-Marine by the name of Cleve McClary. I think the book is Living. I forget the, the title of the book, but it's his story about, as a Marine, how he came to Christ. I have it downstairs on my shelf. I read it probably 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. In it, he talks about, if you remember Cleve McClary, he was in a Vietnam firefight, lost parts of his body. He was in a hospital, and in the book he talks about being in a hospital, and there next to him in a bed is another Marine or another soldier, if those of you who read the book will remember the story I'm talking about here, who was disfigured very badly. And his young wife called it quits on him because she couldn't live with somebody that looked like that. See, there's got to be more to what we look for in a person than looks. So you marry a beauty queen. You have an accident, she's no longer a beauty queen. So it's got to be more to your marriage than just simply the looks. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's got to be that you love the whole person so that when the looks are no longer there, and let me just be honest with you, the looks will no longer be there, will they? You know, when Lori married me, I was Adonis. You know, I'm no longer Adonis. (laughs) Stuff happens with age. Do you see my point? This is what the writer of Proverbs is saying. Look, guys, men especially, beauty and charm will not last. But a woman of noble character, that's to be praised. Do you understand what I'm saying? And guys, the grass is greener over the septic tank. You know, when you go digging into who they are, then you realize, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? And that's the point. Here's the point I want you to find point. The writer urges his readers to recognize and reward the noble character of that woman. You know what? We need to be a church that does not focus on the plastic external stuff We need to be a a church that focuses rather on, for our ladies, listen to me, where we commend, not perfect people who look perfect, but rather we commend the development of character. And so when we see character, godly character displayed, we commend it. In hopes of developing godly character in what? in others. That's the whole point of the passage. So again, it's not actions, remember it's not actions. It's your what? Character. It's your character. Alright, that does it for our study in Proverbs. We're done. Okay, let's close our time in prayer.